it just makes it more on fire because mm. the it all intertwines right like if you're talking about money purpose impact people like they all feed off each other and so hopefully throughout this lifetime we can make a dent you know yep that's it i said all the time just one yeah just one move the needle just one every single individual has a story to tell and they're great stories that need to be heard i want every listener to know they have the ability to change the world welcome to the 1720 podcast what's up mom movers welcome back to the 1720 podcast stewie these last two weeks were awesome my man yeah, depending on who you are and what stage of life you're in, they hit different, you know. But um, Kevin was awesome. Not you, you're not awesome. No, other no, Kevin no. Butler was awesome, and Eddie was on fire. And I got lots of I got lots of feedback in the last two weeks, which as listeners have heard me complain, tacitly complain. Yeah, I don't get a lot of. So yeah, I was, think I told you with Kevin's, I laughed out loud during the Daniel bit. And <laughs> who's Diesel? Yeah, yeah. Who is Diesel? We kept referencing somebody who has no idea what we're talking about. We forget we're in yeah. our own little weirdness bubble. Yes, yeah. It's like um, I was having. Uh, let's see, I was having coffee with a guy a couple days ago. Oh, I remember who it was. It was Adam Tarno, who's coming on in a few weeks, and we got to talking about the podcast and what we do and what it's like and things like this. And he says, "You know what it sounds like is the ticket." Do you ever listen to the ticket? No, but I've heard that a few times. About the podcast? Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'd never heard that before, but Adam was saying like, because we have a great group of followers, because there's like some podcast vernacular, because it's a little bit kind of just off the cuff from time to time. He's like, this sounds, it sounds like the ticket. And then we get to talking about how influential the ticket is in DFW in its specific space. And so it's kind of a humongous compliment given like the scope that do they're winning Marconi awards and everything, the scope of what the ticket's up to to sort of be in the same sentence with them but i couldn't it's not tell too far you afield. the last time i listened to regular radio could not uh for me i can tell you when the last time i listened to regular radio was 15 minutes ago <laughs> before i sat down to record because i was listening to take a shot what was i listening to i couldn't even tell you the numbers on the regular radio like what was coming through the speakers rap no npr like i was listening to npr it was uh, nerd alert <laughs> it was actually a very interesting i'll have to go back and find the book but there's a interview with a harvard psychologist about the people the way people negatively interpret things and how people have their own paradigms as to uh, communication modalities and why you value the things in your closet so much that you can't get rid of them this like psychology of um like the way you believe that the way you do everything and the things that you have are the most important and so as I was listening to it, I thought, man, that's actually a really good book to read and plug and 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 dig through just because I know we all wrestle with communication styles and making sure we're being heard and hearing properly and valuing other people's things and all this. So as 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 nerdy as it sounds when I say I listen to NPR on the way over here, it's actually super interesting. So. Hey man, if you got something out of it, it worked. It worked. Yeah, I'll try to find that book and drop it in the notes. It was um a Harvard prof psychology professor who had written a book called Thinking One Oh One, I think. I don't know if listeners were able to pick up on it with Eddie, but <clears throat> in person, listening to him tell this story and how emotional he would get anytime he brought up family or God, like that is 100% authentic. That dude's on fire for Jesus, man. I don't, I don't know if you felt that vibe too, but it was incredible. It was actually in, inspiring. Like, 
man, I want to walk like that. Uh, yes, I did pick it up. It was palpable in the studio. I wonder if it translated out uh, through, through the airwaves. I think if you're kind of like listening while doing something else, multitasking, you might not pick it up. But if you're like intently on it, you'd pick it up. But because I was, I was flying back from DC when I listened to it and <laughs> I had some other things going on. I even didn't fully pick up on it, but I was like, man, I'm, I'm glad I was in that room for the, some of those moments because it was pretty touching. He he did the couple three times. Uh, that gives me chill bumps, and you could like look over and see chill bumps on his arms, and that sort of like moments captured uh, here on the podcast. It definitely definitely happened. I hope it like I said, I hope it translated. Yeah, awesome um, story, awesome dude. Yes, for sure. Have you listened? Have you ever flipped over and listened to some of the stuff they're doing on his Unafraid podcast? Have you listened to that? Some of it, yeah. There's a new one this week. Uh, it might have been last since we recorded with them. I can't remember the date where they did this situational awareness uh, drill. I don't know how you like it actually worked just listening to it, but he had set up like a scenario where something bad was going down, but like a common, it was like at a football game and then talking through like, okay, in this instance, have you and your family contemplated X and what happens if Y happens and like really like walking you through uh, these situational awareness ideas. And apparently they've done a few of them. This is just the first one I caught. So loop over there, man. It was actually very interesting. I listened earlier this week, I guess it was. Yeah. I think that's going to be <clears throat> one of his silos is those everyday situations. What do you do in that? I know he does some segments with his wife, some with his uh, ghostwriter, Keith Wood. Um, yeah. So he, he's got it sprayed out there, man. That's for sure. For sure. You said earlier you had spent some time in DC. I know while you were there, but how's DC? It's cool, man. It's always inspiring when it, you get together in the construction industry and it's, na it's leaders around the nation that come together just for trying to better the industry. They're all there for, for pr predominantly the same reason. It's not about me. It's about we and how do we get better? How do we do best practices? But it was a AGC leadership um, convention, and it's just one of two phases for onboarding to become Texo chairman next year. And it was, it was awesome, man. Uh, I had Melanie by my side the entire time. She knows Washington, D.C. She would, So I'd point at a building and I'd say, what is that? And she would tell me what it is and a little history behind it. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I was, in, I was super impressed with the city. You see a lot of things in media, you know, that might contradict what's actually out there. But it was clean. It was friendly. And I think you actually told me before going, like, because I asked you, hey, is it going to be safe to run? Uh, oh, yeah. oh, which I have a funny story about that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it would have been safe at all hours, man. Like yeah. super clean, super historic, uh, friendly. The weather was great and got to meet some really great people that really care about our industry. So check, check, check. Yeah, I've been a, a number of times. So I had a little bit of insight when you went uh, as, to, as to a few things. I can remember going for AGC stuff previously. And I don't remember exactly why I was there. Some sort of leadership deal. But we ended up talking to, a, there was a, a group of, at the time I was younger, and a group of younger folks who I will never forget from all over the country had heard about our YCC. And so me, and I'm trying to think who I was there. I can remember Matt Bauer being in the conversation. We were standing. Yeah, he's a great dude. In a, yeah, we're standing in a room talking with a bunch of young folks from all over the country asking like, what were we doing and how were we doing it? And why was it awesome? And how could they help? I mean, how could we help them do it better? And you know, I had a bunch of good ideas that I don't think any of them really fully materialized out of that, but just this idea that, man, it, we, we think that we live in this little bubble of Texas and Texo and our little construction industry, but there's a real spotlight on top of it because we are 
doing a lot of great things for the industry here. So yeah, and super shout out to Melanie. I got a front row seat to her legendary status. You know, she's yeah. really well respected and deservingly so. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, so one of the things we had talked about was while you were there was going and taking a run on the mall. Did you get it? So the day before, I got an email from the AGC and it said, "Hey." just found out there's probably going to be some road closures because there's a half marathon uh, Sunday morning. And I'm yeah. like, I just laughed out loud when I got the email and I screenshot it to Melanie and I'm like, <laughs> heads up. And so on the flight there, we tried to register for it, but it was sold out. So we couldn't, Oh do it. man! but we were on a whim going to go and run it. And uh, Ronnie, Melanie's husband even, even said, Hey, don't pull a hamstring going with kevin <laughs> like when she dropped <laughs> when he dropped her off like knowing that i gotta screw loose and if we're getting in that marathon we're getting in yeah yeah that's funny so we couldn't was do it, it. Or was it so you couldn't get on the mall because it was shut down well the, sunday it was but you know melanie took me around there um must have been monday yeah when it's william awesome. and i were there and when william and i were there we spent a third ish to half of our time up and down the mall the archives were right there the smithsonian's are there up and down to the Washington Monument, to the Capitol, out to Lincoln, around the Tidal Basin, over to see the Jefferson Memorial, and it was, man, it was. There were moments with William. I may have talked about it on here. There were moments with William on there on that trip along those spaces where you were. That like I will never in my whole life forget. They were just wow. super cool moments. I here's learned, a really cool. I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. I, was, I was gonna say here's a really cool moment too. Is like as we got around to the back of the Capitol where some of the lesser known buildings are. Library of Congress is back there. Uh, but the United States Supreme Court was actually on that back road. And um, we walked by. There weren't actually protesters, but it was the week leading up to the Roe v. Wade leak. And so there were there were lots of there was lots of evidence of protesters there, including signs taped to fences and lots of chalking on the ground around the d- implications of the decision, right? And so then I had William and I talked for 45 minutes, kind of walking back to the hotel that day about like why those people were there and what the import of it was and why that was a thing and what it meant to our society and all this. And it was like, just like conversations with a 14 year old that I could have never replicated just being here. Oh, kind of yeah, like sure. highlighted the value of getting away from the things that distract you temporarily at home. Um, so that you can have those moments to have that conversation, which we never had if we hadn't happened to zoom by the, the, um, Supreme court that day. So yeah, really cool. those are cool memories, man. Yeah, yeah. What was your deal? You're going to say something. The, one of the big things I learned was next to the White House, like Caddy Corner, a block or so away, is the White Townhouse. So you have, for the incumbent, their family or him, he after election, he stays in the, it's like a grouping of Monopoly ho- townhomes, three-story, and there's uh-huh. one white one. And I didn't know that that's the chill spot until you get into the big home. Oh, that's funny. I, I had don't no think idea. I knew that So either. I took a picture of that. I'll have to, if you didn't know about it, I'll have to send it to you. But that was another Melanie Jim, she pointed out, I'm like, huh, I didn't even know that happened. You know, it's funny about the White House is you think about the front view where you're like adjacent to or between the Washington Monument and the White House where the, the road kind of swings out and there's tons of security there and you don't get a great shot. But you go to the other side, I think it's the north side. You're like a stone's throw away from the White House on the backside. It's so close. And so lots of people don't wander over there to get to catch the super cool photo ops. But on the backside, that's where it's really cool. We had one happy hour that overlooked it from a rooftop balcony. That uh-huh. was pretty cool, man. Just the, it is what it is, right? Is there the center of our, our government, our federal government, but there's so many cool things about it. And 
if you know what you're looking for, you're like, oh, this is LaFont Paza, and here's who that was, and here's why it's important, and these little dots mean that, and they symbolize X or whatever, if you have, like, the time to figure it all out. It's very, very fun. So. Yeah. Um, all right, so we have a, a pretty big topic. I don't know how long we talk about it today, but a pretty big topic, uh, and I might let you pre, but I'll try, I'll try to do the best I can uh, to just talk through, like, this notion, and, and, and it resounded in a, in a DM from maybe two weeks ago. Uh, I think it was titled Faith, Word, Obedience, Action, yep. uh, where, where you had sort of riffed on this idea that um, just uh, – maybe I'll let you do it. But the gist of it is like being intentional in your walk with Christ, listening, and being obedient starts to like generate this um, energy. I'll just say it like that, and then I'll let you start talking, and then I got a few questions to pinpoint in and around it. But did I get it right? Did I get as close? To yeah, the topic? Cl- yeah, close enough, man. It's just it's been a really cool season, as you know. You're always getting a front row seat into the action of life for, for me, and vice versa. And um, it's been really cool. Uh, the faith and consistency of you know reading the reading the Bible every weekday, going to church as many Sundays as possible. You know, if I'm out of town, obviously I can't. But other than that, we're always there. And now serving Wednesdays at Switch, which we'll get to after this. <laughs> but like all that intentionality, like it's 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 creating these experiences that I, you know, those count on one hand experiences. I'm having mm-hmm. like three of them in the past two weeks where like there's a closeness, a confirmation, uh, a word from him that makes me uneasy, but I know I have to do now, but because it's clearly him um, and the, man. That's addicting. So like it's holding me more accountable. Like I don't want to lose that closeness. So it's making me better. Like I, the, I'm sure the non-swearing, like now when I'm lifting, when a hard rock song comes on, it starts swearing. I just next it like, mm-hmm. like, no, no, miss me with that. I'm trying to, trying to stay focused here. And, um, it's been, it's been a really cool season. I know it's just a season, right? Um, highs and lows, ebbs and flows, but man, I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Um, and hopefully it lasts a long time. The, there's there's a couple of things in there that I think are important to linger on, right? Um, one of them is the idea that um, intentionality is what is, at least for your story here, is what's breeding the intimacy, right? Like you don't have the feelings that you have. You don't hear the things that you hear. And, and I, I mean hear like in a sort of spiritual sense, audibly or not, <clears throat> without having some intentionality, spending the time uh, at at church, in prayer, in your daily, you know, readings, whatever. Like, it doesn't happen historically, traditionally, in my experience, if you're not spending that time doing it. Right. Because right? you're distracted, you're not, you're, you're not tuned into the right station, therefore you don't hear what's playing on that station, et cetera. And so there, that's like a really, to me, valuable part of this season for you is like, I'm in it. I'm doubled in at you. I'm I'm in it. I'm doing it. Um it's we've talked about it a few times, but I can remember this um as a particular sermon where they talked about the guy un- actually unhooked the if I told you this, the unhooked the Mustang steering wheel. Uh it doesn't sound familiar. Okay, so here's the story in short, and it kind of gets me back to in the 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 point of intentionality. Um we show up and he's got like a steering wheel up on stage with him. And he's talking about how that's the steering wheel from his, I think it was a 68 Mustang, 69 Mustang, something like this. And he said, but like, this doesn't mean anything to you because it's it's my steering wheel in my car. But let me tell you about my car. And he starts talking about like when he got it and how he spent time with it 
and like he cleaned it and he showed it to people and he talked about it. And over the process of like spending all that time with the car, he learned to like love that car, but not it. You don't love it like that. Cause you haven't spent the time like that. Mm. And that's like a really silly sort of worldly example. But when you just take it and you plop it right over to spending time with Jesus, yeah, it, it starts to hit a little different. You're like, Oh, right. Like I don't love Jesus if I haven't spent time with him and I haven't, like washed all the parts and polished the thing, you know, like if you don't, I'm trying to cross that metaphor over, you know, but like, if you don't do the things that are necessary to, to learn about it, there's no way you could love it. Um, and that's the season is like, you've been doing the things that are necessary to, to learn, not to learn again, but like to, to lean in. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. No, uh, it's a great so parallel. That so that you're ready. So kudos to you. The other thing I want to linger on for just a second is I am always fascinated by, people actually like hearing and I, I don't know if i mean audibly but, but hearing and so i want to interrogate that a little bit to the extent you'll share like what that felt like seemed like sounded like yeah look like etc um and, and i'll give me i'll give you one more story to do the kick it to you is i was talking with ashley the other night and we were recounting eddie's podcast where he was talking about how early on like he saw jesus in his room yeah. right it terrifying that whole that, yeah. that whole story <clears throat> And I wasn't like t suggesting to her that I didn't believe it. I was just like suggesting like it's hard for me to believe that because I never have experienced and I don't know what it's like and it's hard for me to like really be there. I'm not saying he didn't feel that at all by any stretch of the imagination. I just kind of don't understand. And then she said, do you know, and I forget who it was actually, and if I did, I wouldn't say his name. So-and-so, um, he has that exact same story. And I was like, what? Whoa. And it's it's a it's a kid who's like in some of our circles with our kids, right? And I was like, really? Tell me more about that. And so she sort of told the story as best as she could recount it. And it's different, you know, in, in a couple of ways. He doesn't remember being terrified like Eddie said he was. But similar, like in his room, in the evening, blah, blah, blah. And I just like am always fascinated by people's encounters with Christ, yeah. right? And so tell me, I know yours come usually like in the morning, like when you're getting your like absolute wiped out on, but I think maybe they show up in different spaces too. So tell me what yeah, you can tell me about that. Sure. I, and that's, uh, and I'll rewind to like, that's, I, this closeness, I, I wasn't aiming for hearing more words. Like it, it was just, I need to gradually build up in my faith. Right. And yeah. like, just take these steps. So it wasn't all at once. I added the Bible reading then I added the consistency of church. I started removing swearing. Um, and then I started the serving Wednesday and it's just that gradual buildup. And it's it definitely some of the moments that have happened recently, they're not the gym visions, you know, like they're not that when my endorphins are flying because I'm lifting, it was, it's just like random moments. And so mm. the first one was I had heard a story and I've told you about this and maybe even on air. Oh no, no, no. It was a daily motivation of somebody, oh, yeah. a family living out of their vehicle. And then I heard that story from like three different families in like a month, man. It's just like brutal to hear that. Right. It's yeah, alive yeah. and well in our Metroplex. So one just started going to our church and her and her son was, was, was saved and she worked at the subway inside the Walmart right by my house. And, um, I heard that story from Sam or pastor Sam. Yeah. And then like, I just went about my day and it just, it lingered. Um, and so I, I don't remember where I was or no, I remember where I was. I don't remember where I was going, but started my truck. I was in the driveway and 
God just put on my heart and he said, ask Sam her name, go to Subway, give her money, and give her a good word. And I was like, mm. <laughs> okay. Like, that sounds cool. Like, no burden there whatsoever. It might be awkward. So, yeah, yeah. So I text Sam. Nope. I'm like, hey, man. No burden there. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, cause uh, some of them. Whew, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so got, got her name. I show up and. Hey, I'm like, hey, I'm looking for such and such, and I look like a cop. I know that. Uh, <laughs> and so they're like, well, why do you need her? I'm like, oh, we go to church together. That's all. And uh-huh. and so I had to try again because she wasn't on her shift yet. And then by the time I came, she was expecting me. And she's like, are you the person looking for me? And um, so I just, I actually <laughs> g- gave her some 1720 bands. I didn't even tell her about the podcast. I just said, hey, this is my favorite scripture. Have faith uh-huh. to move mountains. You're a mountain mover. Um, just know you're loved and went on my day. And I, I actually called you right after, yeah. And like after you didn't answer because you never answer. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Go on. Uh, like I felt extremely burdened. I didn't feel like oh we did something good. It was like heavy, dude. Like mm. there's so much to do, man. Um, and it was a, it was an it. Was, I wouldn't say it was a bad fit. It was unique. I wasn't expecting yeah. it. I was like, oh my god. Like I, it hurts. It hurts to know that that's in so many spaces out here. Um, so, uh, so that was the first one. And well, uh, let me, let me stop you for a second. Cause I'm interested in the, like the connotation of the word burden there, you know, like what, wh- what do you mean by that? It, it was just heavy. It weighed heavy. And I felt more sad than happy after that interaction, because I know how prominent it is. Like mm-hmm. that didn't move the needle much. You know, she knows she's loved. That's great by a stranger. But like she still has to face tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And how many more people are just like her, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that was, saying. that was, I guess maybe using the wrong word, but that's it. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it's the wrong word. I just was curious, like what that meant, you know, like what that meant to you. I, I could postulate a few different ideas. I was just curious, like, how does that specifically hit? And I get that. It's like, it's, it's her in this moment multiplied times every day multiplied times numbers of people we don't even know right and there's a lot there's a lot of hurt there's a lot of sadness there's yeah, a lot man. of well and you multiply that across not to debbie downer it but like that's her particular instance that's her particular like that's her particular burden right now in this stage of life but there are millions of others some of which are visible some of which are not right it kind of harkens to some of the stuff eddie was talking about last week right like dude all that stuff was on the inside you look at him from the outside you'd be like oh dude that dude has an awesome job it's a super, like a legit superhero. And on the inside, just eating him alive. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those stories multiplied over and over and over again, too. Oh, yeah. Just the like, just the broken nature of humanity is everywhere. Yep. And everybody's wrestling with something. Sometimes it's living in your car. Sometimes it's depressed. Sometimes it's X. Sometimes it's addiction. Sometimes whatever, you know, everybody's wrestling with something. Well, and like knowing my purpose, right? It just makes it more on fire because. Mm. The, it all intertwines, right? Like if you're talking about money, purpose, impact people, like they all feed off each other. And so hopefully throughout this lifetime, we can make a dent, you know? Yep. That's it. My wife said all the time, just one. Yeah. Just one. Move the needle. Just one. So there's a, there's another, like got the word. And then I'm going to give you an awesome, like, aha story. Mm. That's kind of like a, a, a crazy circle. 
Um, but the other, the second just word dropped on me was during worship. And so just singing and it, I was in my fields and, um, and then did you God say t- in your field? Did yeah. You say in your, fields? because it doesn't have, it's very rare when it happens. Like at like when I'm like, when I look at somebody else and I'm like, I want to be there. Like, you know, like that oh, sort of feeling. Yeah. So, uh, I even know the worship song that was on and then, uh, God just dropped on me. He's like, this, this is how you're starting your book. And we, mm. we've talked, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm flirting around with a, a book idea and how I now need to start the book is something that I wasn't even planning on putting in the book because I'm ashamed of it. Um, mm. And that's how it's going to be opened. Um, so that was one to the previous comment. That's the one that's like, Ugh. Oh, <laughs> okay. Right. Reluctantly. I guess if that's what I'm supposed to, I will lead these people into the wilderness. Yeah. You're supposed to, but it's you know what? After it made me very uneasy, but processing it now, like man, I'm human and I've I'm broken and I've made mistakes, uh, and and there's no imposter syndrome because I know I don't deserve what I have in my life, but I'm going to use it to the best of my ability to impact people. You know. Yeah. Um, so it sets it, it. Hopefully, it'll set the stage for like, hey, this isn't me preaching from some sort of ivory tower. Like, I'm broken too. So here we are. I think that's part of. Okay, so two thoughts, and I think I actually have two. Boom, <laughs> boom. I think that's part of one of that's one of the major criticisms of Christianity, right? Everybody marching around like they got it all figured out, yeah. and then when you slip, you're like, aha, got him. Didn't have it figured out. Got him. Yeah. That's not what the, right. So the, the inauthenticity, the traditional inauthenticity inauthenticity around it is what causes like people to stumble. Yep. Right. Uh, and I think it's maybe there's three points. Cause we've talked about how that's like not unique, but pervasive in like manhood, like dudes want to be tough and pretend like they all got it together. But I'm also thinking that it is like perhaps somewhat unique to America too. Right. Like we're got the bull by the horns. We've got it all figured out. We're capitalistic. We don't need anything besides ourselves all this, you know, go get some fancy pants and wear them around so that you know I'm fancy sort of a thing. Um, also, it's just, I think, probably unique to the Western culture. Yeah. And so it's it's raining down on us hard. And so whenever people are vulnerable, whenever people say, you know what, I did do that thing and I regret it and it caused a lot of pain and I've reconciled all of those issues, there's some real, like, actual joy and actual happiness and actual, like, okay, I'm here for that. That happens when people are, are do those things and are, are like that in those moments. For so. sure, man. Spot yeah, on. That's why Eddie's book's awesome, right? Because he's not like, hey, check me out. I'm awesome. I'm saved America. Not at it's all. It's like, no, man, that was a total wreck yep. before, you know? Yep. Yeah. And still working uh-huh. on ourselves. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. I'm prep sheet reverting here, but this, you got me a note that says Quinn School. What's, what's the, there's a chat somewhere. In yeah. There. So like, it's, it's kind of a long, this one's a long play, not just a word dropped in immediate action or uh a 180 degree swing. Right. <clears throat> so, you know, the whole farm story, we're looking for farms. I find Sadie's bio that says we're going to, I'm going to convince my husband to get farms. I think we've told that on air. So at one point <laughs> we were home shopping in the back of my brain. I was like, man, I'm bummed. I don't want to, I, I feel like I'm finally finding a church community and now as soon as we get our feet settled, we're going to move out of this town, you know? And uh, it kind of he- held me back from serving. Uh, meanwhile, my daughter starts kindergarten 
And uh, we tried to get her in the transfer portal and uh, she didn't get in. So she was going to the ISD school that is by her house. <laughs> transfer portal? Yeah. I thought that was for D1 athletes. Well, I know, but I parlayed that to kindergarten now. Okay. There, it's a it's thing. legit. I don't know what it's actually called, but yeah, you try to transfer out of that school oh. to a better one. I had no idea. And she didn't get it. You know, no news, bad news type thing. So she had her first day of kindergarten. Two weeks later on a Friday night, we got a message from the principal saying, Hey, there's a slot open. You could come tour the school Monday morning. And if you like it, she'll start Tuesday. So we took off Monday morning. It was in an unbelievable school, night and day different, and got her immediately in and a game changer. And what that did is like that's K through six. And we don't want to, we don't want to uproot her from that school now. And now it locks us into this location, which now locks us into that church. And it all, it all makes sense now. Like it, like it wasn't the order that I wanted it, but it was the order that it was going to go. Right. And they're all interconnected. It's not an A to B, but there's several threads in that web there. Well, that eventually, or not eventually, but you know, lead towards uh, you hanging out with a bunch of children at school or not at school at church rather, which is, I know awesome. Cause I, cause I know what older kids are like. Uh, it, it is now. Um, it, the first, so life church does this thing called switch and it's for, uh, sixth graders through 12th graders. And so there's a uh, fun activities in the lobby and then there's a service with worship mm-hmm. and a message. And then we break into life groups. And so I got assigned for the first couple weeks, sixth graders, and sixth graders are savages. Sixth grade boys are savages. And trying to wrangle them in and deliver a message was, uh, I was not good at it. So I think I got yeah. fired from sixth grade and I got moved to eighth grade. And there's this dude, Tanner, which uh, I'll, we'll get into him in a minute. Uh, but uh-huh. Tanner took over sixth grade and he's calm as a cucumber. He's got, he's like, dude, this is easy. I'm like, thank God. Thank God, yeah. literally, that you're here. Uh, yeah. And so they put me to eighth grade. That's a big difference, man. And so oh, now yeah. we're getting into some deep stuff. And I, dude, I leave that energized when you get to, I get to share just like leadership stuff, God stuff, my story stuff, but then I'm trying to get it out of them. Um, and I'm learning, right? This is new. It's 10 eighth graders and me, um, but it's making me better at home too. Like when Quinn's snapping, I'm like, hey, you're just one person. Like mm-hmm. I'm used to 10 of these kids going nuts. Um, well, and you get a bunch of different flavors for kids are crazy. They go through crazy phases. They do crazy things. It's not about right now. It's about then. And, you know, like one of the, one of the, we actually stole this from Tyler Costin, but one of the things we say a lot at home is none of this is brace, like surgery. This is all braces. Yeah. It's not going to get fixed overnight. Whatever the issue is, it's not going to be resolved by some wisdom nugget that you drop. It's going to be like the consistent and repetitive involvement in those kids' lives is what changes it. It's yeah. not like a, Hey man, stop doing that. And then it's, Oh, I should stop doing that. And it's over. You yeah. know, um, what feels good so is I got the, these like three to five kids that as soon as they let the big group out, they come find me. You're like, Hey, come on, come on. Let's go get that quiet room. Cause they want to break oh, it yeah. down, man. And they go deep, dude. That was, there was another one in that group that uh, talked about living out of their vehicle, man. That was the third. Man. It's just like brutal, but, but he's on brutal. the other side of that now, but it's just, oof. To admit that in it front is. of your group, that's pretty, that's vulnerability for a you know, young man. Yeah. One of the things that Watermark is trying to like pivot away from is just like the cattle call for small group. 
because it's it doesn't have that like well, I don't want to talk about that in front of Jimmy because Jimmy will go to school and talk about it. Yeah. I need to find, we, or we need to collect the group of folks who understand that like this is uh, a moment to share and keep it in the keep it in the box while we That's work right. through or work on stuff. And so, it sounds like maybe those three who are hustling you up are in the in the safe zone with it. Yeah, yeah, and they get bummed when. <laughs> so that was one of the perspectives last week or two weeks ago. I was trying to give them. They get bummed when more people come in. I'm like, man. I get that you got this little fishbowl right now, but let's create the same experience that's gotten y'all close with them. Like, let's get them mm-hmm. there, um, and it, it'll it'll be rewarding. Um, so it'll be cool, man. Sharpen sharpen my skill set, and uh, it's definitely a different experience than leading adults. Man, my hat off to youth pastors around the world because <laughs> yeah. that's a tough gig. It is. It and and another thing I'll say is like I've learned from coaching with Chad about. Like, man, sometimes they just need to, like, they need to be silly a little bit. And, like, constantly trying to keep them on lock and on focus, like, starts to send them away, right? Then they stop listening. They're like, man, I don't want to hang out with Kev. Yeah. He's always making sure my shoes are tied and I'm sitting with my feet on the floor and whatever. Because they got that from their parents in the morning, then their teachers during the day, and then their coach after school. And now, like, it's just more of the same. Yeah. You have to find that spot where it's it's okay to, to be whatever and then you know, lead and then check and all that around it. It's, it's, it's way more fluid than just leading adults. We're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And you know, yeah, it's very different. Very different. I had a, Uh, all right. Who's Tanner, man. Who's this guy? Yeah. So he, he's the one I mentioned, the warrior that's leading sixth graders. Um, (laughs) But yesterday we had a kid that had a loose tooth and I had to call Sadie on it. I'm like, Hey, it's one, it's got metal on it. It's one of the molars. Like it's wiggly. And she said, no big deal, blah, blah, blah. But we still called the mom. And uh, he, he was asking me a question. And I'm looking at his mouth. I'm like, bro, I just see a loose tooth. I'm a construction guy. So, I'm, you know, it's a 10-year-old kid. What do, I'm not going to give him medical advice. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Vice grips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, <laughs> let me snag that thing real quick. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so after he leaves, the dude behind me is like, oh, man, I'm in construction too. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I just figured that'd be the extent of the small world. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and I'm like, what, what do you do? He's like, oh, yeah, waterproofing. I'm like, oh, no kidding. Where do you work? Chamberlain? I'm like, what? <laughs> That's insane, dude. So I, ch- I started telling him about uh, dynamic and the parallels between that and how yeah. we're next to each other, like glazing systems and waterproofing. He knows. He knows all about it. Yeah, right. And then I mentioned Andy Wharton, and I'm texting Andy Wharton. Uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's a good buddy. He's in the Texo EDP with us. And uh just i loved it because then him and i hit it off we started talking about work and nerdery and all that sort of stuff and (laughs) now he's now he's my boy what do you do when the detail says x how do we we can nerd out yeah yeah we can talk about overlap (laughs) flashing and lack of silicone between the overlap flashing you know like oh boom so good (laughs) (laughs) exactly uh But man, did I tell you? Did I tell you my small world moment at a uh, small group for William? I think I did, and then you get all confused as to how there was a guy I'd been hanging out with seven years I didn't know. Yeah, but yeah. tell it. <laughs> yeah, I, I may did I tell it on here. Or was it just me and you? I think I it was can't just remember. Me and you. Sorry, sorry if I've told it before. No, at William's small group. We're just talking about they have um, like every I guess kind of around the beginning of the school year they have a kickoff meeting, and. So it's parents and like casting vision for the year. Here's what we're going to do this year. And here's what you can expect. And here's what the, and so that it's, it's uh, as everything is wants to do, send it around a meal of some sort. So I'm, we go over to one of the family's houses 
leaned up against the island, kitchen island, like eating tacos. And uh, this guy standing next to me was one of the one of William's buddies' dads, um, whom I know. He goes, "So, I was listening to y'all's podcast the other day. <laughs> I looked at him like he was an alien. I was like, what? How do you like? There's no." And then he tells this like long story. He's like, well, oh, I know so-and-so. He's not in construction. He's like, oh, I know so-and-so and and -and so-and-so knows so-and-so. And And they were listening and they said, I need to be listening. And so I was mowing the grass on Saturday and just started listening to y'all's podcasts. It's great. Guess what episode he started on though? I told you this. Uh -uh. He's like, I started at the beginning. And I was like, oh, uh, no. uh. (laughs) So, you know, Roger Roger answered the phone. I, I know past, present, future, but let's call it today. Yeah, he, sure. uh, he answered the phone when I called him. He's like, hello, my name is Kevin Carey. I'm like, all right, bro. <laughs> he always likes busting oh, my chops, my. man. That's funny. But I can't yeah, do it. Said it. I can't. Said like, it a few you know, come a long way. You know, time hop, like on your phone, like this day, five yeah. years ago, I was yeah, about yeah. to send a memory to somebody. And then I heard my stupid voice and I just like, ugh, and I just put it away. I didn't even send it to the guy. Uh, and and I do a podcast. How how ironic! <laughs> uh, yeah, I've gotten immune to all of it. This is this is just the way I sound. Sorry, guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, at least um, we're just casually talking now. It's not like oh yeah, bullet yeah. point thirty two, Stewie. Yeah, we ca- skip thirty two. I got a I got yeah, a we, ruler, yeah. and I'm like going down the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, yeah. You're not like one thirty eight, fourteen, twenty seven. And we always end up where we end up. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, so I don't know. I think that kind of gets us through the 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 season the season of Kev, and maybe gives us gives listeners something to think about in terms of finding spaces to lean in and be present and and listen. Perhaps listen more. It's worth um, it. Yeah, it's worth it to hear to hear that word. However, you actually hear it. Yep. Uh, we we have a couple in the hopper. You want to give us a preview, or just want to be surprising? No, I'll give you a preview. Yeah, preview. why don't you do that? So, yeah, <laughs> I guess I've been leading the charge the last, I don't know, a couple, three months on uh, folk, like programming a little bit more so than usual. So, shocker, here's what's coming, in next, coming up next. Yeah. Um, so, we're going on our um, peer group retreat coming up in a couple of weeks. I guess it's the end of this week at the date of release, yeah. with time warp, right? And so, uh, our plan is to do some it'll probably lean a little more industry for the next week or two we're going to do like some recordings with their peer group guys talking about things they're talking they're thinking about at their businesses issues they're wrestling with personally business things that are going on leadership lessons that they've learned in the last year since we've circled up with them so it'll be interesting uh to catch with them catch up with them sort of impromptu like there's no agenda we bought some new equipment. It'll probably all go terribly awry and like everything will be way high gain and really loud to listen, hard to listen to. But, um, then ne- it depends on how much content we catch from them in either the next one, um, one or two. And then, uh, my buddy, Mike Bassett's coming on the guy who wrote the book, uh, in the ditch. He's a lawyer friend of my trial lawyer friend of mine. It was a very interesting story. Um, super compelling friend of Amy Stewart is how I got connected to Mike Bassett quite some time back. And um, very compelling story, very interesting dude, uh, very fun LinkedIn follow. He wrote a uh, memoir some... about our podcast? <laughs> no, In the Ditch is not about that. It's actually oh. about, uh, as an attorney, uh, kind of falling into a, a really destructive pattern with clients 
and eventually ending up in a really bad spot. Mm. And he very, again, very vulnerable about that story and how he ended up there and why he ended up there. Uh, and as a result of that, does a lot of like coaching and mentoring for young lawyers to say, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, let me tell you what's going to happen. And, and let's talk about avoiding this literal ditch. And so, um, that's, that's what his book's about. So Michael, join us. And then a few more in the hopper, but that'll, that'll get us through the next couple, three weeks. That's cool, man. I'm excited for this week, next week, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a good time. I hope we can find some space to gather up our equipment and record a few things, but that notwithstanding, it'll be good to spend time with folks that we, we haven't seen them in a little bit. Like it's been a long time since we've been able to get together, uh, as, as our peer group to talk about stuff just because our lives have been so busy. So kudos, I think to, um, have we said it yet? Kudos Colby, to Colby. Yeah. Yeah, for getting us cats wrangled together. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I remember he sent me a cat wrangling GIF one morning, and I was yeah. like, what is this about? And he's like, on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Colby again for getting us together. That's it, man. All right, we'll see you guys next week. And in the meantime, y'all stay out there. Keep moving mountains. Keep moving mountains.